0: All right. How many of you love the word of God? I want to put a couple of verses up there and I want to share with you just for a few minutes. It's so good to have you. I was just informed by the ushers that we broke a thousand people today and we, isn't that great? That's great. We, uh, we've been here like 14 weeks and God has really blessed and I want to welcome all of you again and welcome you to come back and we would sure love to have you. But you know, there's a reason we're here. There's only one reason we're here, and that is that two miracles happened 21 years ago, 2100 years ago. (laughs) And those miracles have changed history, and that's why we're here. Jesus was born of a virgin, that was the first miracle. And the second miracle was he rose from the dead. So we're going to read about it, and that's why our church is here, and that's why we minister this message to you and minister to you from week to week. Here it is. This is the Easter story as relayed by Dr. Luke. And it says, But very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance, so they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. But they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. Just want to be sure you catch that. As they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them, clothed in dazzling robes. Now let's go on. The women were terrified because they were angelic beings and they bowed their faces down to the ground then the men asked a great question why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive he isn't here he is risen from the dead i want you to read this last part with me can you he is risen from the dead give the lord a hand of praise that's good Amen. Father, I thank you for your word. Help us, Lord, to have the resurrection dawn on us in a way that maybe it never has. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. And I want to just go into this for a few minutes and talk to you about what I want to call the power of empty. The power of empty. It says here that we had several women Several women uh, approaching the tomb where Jesus had been buried. And here's who these women were. One of them was Mary Magdalene, who we hear a lot about in our day. A lot of weird things. Married to Jesus. Had a child by Jesus. All blasphemous statements. Because this is not what Mary Magdalene was about. I guess I'm getting a little popping here. Where's Jeff? Let's see if. This will fix everybody. Is that better? That's better. Look at your neighbor and say, no big deal. I know this, there's no sound equipment in heaven. Now, they were Mary Magdalene, out of whom it says in the Bible that Jesus had cast seven devils. Mary Magdalene was a delivered woman because of the ministry of Jesus Christ. And there were other women there. Mary, the mother of James, who wrote one of the letters in the New Testament. And a lady named Joanna, and several other women. Now this ought to encourage you ladies because none of the cowardly men were there. It was all women. So you need to look at your sister on either side of you and say, "Uh uh-huh. Yeah. They had the guts to go to the tomb. The guys were hiding behind locked doors. Now, I want you to understand that the Bible is very clear. They were not approaching the tomb because they expected to find Jesus risen from the dead. That's not why they were going. They didn't get it. They didn't understand what Jesus had been all about. They were approaching the tomb, the Bible says, to anoint him with really embalming stuff, perfumes and ointments that they had made, spices. And they were anointing him and embalming him. They were going to say goodbye, not hello. And yet when they got there, there was a real surprise waiting for them. And the surprise was two angelic beings. Anytime in the Bible you find people encountering an angel, it's never something where you sit there and chew the fat. You fall on your face and you are terrified at the sight of an angel. And this is what they did. There were two men in dazzling white clothes. And they looked in and they saw that Jesus was not there. The tomb they expected to find full was empty. And the angels said to them, I got good news for you. He is not here. But he has risen just as he said. Well, so here you've got these two women. They're thrilled. They're shocked. They're stunned. Now, how many of you can say usually empty is a negative? Empty is a negative. If your car is running on empty, that's a negative. Or your bank account is empty, can you say amen if that's a negative? Well, I got that in the early service, that's the biggest amen I got. You better know when that bank account's empty, it's a yeah, it's a negative. Or when your stomach empty is empty, it's a negative. Or in my case, if your coffee cup is empty, It's a negative. Empty is a bad thing if your energy level is running on empty or the love in your marriage is running on empty or your kids have grown up and they've moved out and you thought you would rejoice, but now the house is strangely empty. Empty is a negative there. But what the Bible wants us to understand is there is a time and a moment in history when empty was not a negative Empty was a positive. Empty was a good thing. Empty was good news. When empty brought hope to discourage hearts. Empty brought hope. Empty lifted the downcast. Empty changed everything. When these ladies looked into that tomb and it was empty, it changed their lives. I've been there. I went to Jerusalem on a trip. And we went all through the Holy Land. I saw where they conjecture that Elijah was raptured into heaven with the chariots of fire. I was taken through all the plate the Garden of Gethsemane and all of that. But I'll never forget seeing the empty tomb. There was about 30 of us in a line. And... We stopped at the tomb, and everybody was kind of able to look in for just for a brief second and take a picture and move on because there was always another tour behind you. But we got about 20 or 30 yards down the way, and I realized that I'd forgotten something back there. I think it was my Bible. And so I had to go back, and I went back alone. And I remember thinking, well, I'm going to have to barge into another group and go get my Bible and, and make a nuisance of myself. But when I got there, nobody was there, and I was all alone. At the empty tomb. And so I remember I looked in. And I thought well there's nobody here. Nobody's going to know. Why not? I'll probably never be here again. Or at least it will be a long time. And I crawled into the empty tomb. And I sat down. In the empty tomb. And I just sat there. And I allowed empty. To shout at me. Because I thought. My life was changed when I was 16 years old. Sitting in juvenile detention center, I heard the story of Jesus Christ. And when I heard the story of Jesus Christ, something spoke to my heart. Something grabbed a hold of my soul. Something touched me. And my life was changed when I accepted Christ. I found out that he was not just a religion or just a first century inspirational personality. But he was a living Christ who lives today and can come into your heart by the power of the Holy Spirit, and live there and change you and rearrange you and do things in your life that you could never do on your own. And and I was changed by this empty tomb. But I remember I sat in there and I wept as it just washed over me that one day, and I'll catch this, everybody, one day a dead body lay there. And it was wrapped in grave clothes. And that dead body was the body of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And on the third day, something happened in that tomb. The Holy Spirit moved into that tomb. It was the power of resurrection. Resurrection. It was resurrection power. And it moved into that tomb. And it moved across the dead body of Jesus. And that dead body of Jesus sucked in a breath for the first time in three days and nights. Then he sat up, opened his eyes, stood up, got out of the grave clothes as he stood up. They were left lying there where they had laid him, the headpiece where his head moved through it, the body parts where his body had moved through it. It was laying there with no body in it. He got up and he walked out as the angels moved that stone. And as I thought about that, I wept and I rejoiced and I thanked God. We're not talking about Muhammad. We're not talking about Buddha. We're not talking about Confucius. We're not talking about Zoroaster. We're talking about the one and only Son of God who is the only religious leader, it goes without saying, who ever got up from the dead. Now there are three reasons why the empty tomb of Jesus was and is powerful and shook history and will continue to shake history until he comes again. I want you to listen to this. Those of you who are uncertain about Christianity, uncertain about Jesus, I want to tell you why that empty tomb is powerful. First of all, because Jesus' resurrection was a fulfillment of Bible prophecy. The ancient prophets of Israel, predicted that a Messiah would come. They predicted predicted this Messiah would suffer for us, be persecuted for us, would be whipped and beaten and bruised and abused for us, that he would be crucified for us. But they also predicted these ancient prophets of Israel who lived a thousand years before Jesus walked the earth, they predicted that he would get up from the dead. Listen to what King David, who was not only a king but also a prophet, listen to what he wrote. He said, therefore my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure because you will not let your Holy One see decay. Listen to another version. You will not leave my soul among the dead or allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. The ancient prophets said the Messiah would die and be buried, but that God would not allow his body to rot in the grave, that he would not experience rigor mortis, that he would not die normally. Though he died truly, yet the Bible predicts that he would get up from the grave. Another verse says, but as for me, God will redeem my life. He will snatch me from the power of the grave. This one, it was predicted, would die, but would not be left in the grave. So when Jesus got up from the dead, it was a fulfillment of Bible prophecy. And I want you to understand, I'm not talking about a a, a fable, a myth, a brother's grim fairy tale. I'm not talking about an idea or a philosophy. I'm talking about a man named Jesus who claimed to be the Messiah the ancient prophets had predicted. He walked on water. He raised the dead. He cast out devils, healed the sick, preached and talked like no man has ever spoken. Even Jesus himself told his followers that he would be killed one day, but that he would rise again on the third day. Now, if you say that, you are either totally psychopathically insane, or you are who you say you are. Jesus said, The Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of men, and they will kill him. And after he is killed, he will rise again the third day. He will rise again the third day. This is the power of empty. Isn't it a beautiful empty? In that tomb, a beautiful empty? When Jesus rose from the dead, I really do believe that Isaiah shouted from heaven. I believe that Jeremiah wept with joy. King David, there is no doubt about it, danced on the streets of gold. And catch this, I believe Abraham looked down and said, There stands the fulfillment of God's promise to me. The Lord Jesus Christ, born of a virgin, lived among us, died for our sins, took our punishment, took our sicknesses on himself, became the scapegoat for you and me and then rose again on the third day so that we also can live. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the lover of our soul, the darling of our heart, the resurrection and the life. The Bible says, and Jesus Christ our Lord was shown to be the Son of God. When powerfully, when God powerfully raised him from the dead by means of the Holy Spirit. Everybody say with me, resurrection. Amen. Say it again, resurrection. Amen. You know why I want you to say that? Because one day as he was resurrected from the grave, you're going to be resurrected from the grave. And so I want us to learn that word resurrection. It's not talking about an Easter bunny hopping around in a field somewhere giving people hard boiled eggs. It's talking about Jesus being raised from the dead. Resurrection. Now, the second reason the empty tomb is so powerful and shook history is because the empty tomb is the ultimate comeback. Now, I don't know about you, but I love a good comeback. Amen? I love to see when somebody's been down and, and, and counted out. I love to see them somehow gather whatever they need to come back. We love the story of a good sports comeback or a business comeback. But I want you to know that there isn't anybody that ever came back like Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He is the ultimate comeback kid, and I'm not being sacrilegious either. <laughs> and the reason we like to see a good comeback, or the reason I love biographies, I read about people who came back all the time, is it inspires hope that though things are bad and the clouds over us are dark, There is hope that it can turn and the sun can shine again. And that's why we're here on Easter Sunday. Because I've got good news for you. I hope you didn't come to hear a sermonette for Christianettes. I don't have one. I came to tell you that no matter how down you are, you can come back. Because of the power of Jesus Christ. And I want you to understand when... Jesus was crucified on Friday. We call it Good Friday. Good Friday was bad. It wasn't a good Friday. It was a bad Friday. We call it Good Friday, but it was a bad Friday. Jesus had been sold down the river for 30 pieces of silver by one of his own disciples, Judas. Sold down the river. The Roman soldiers had beaten him beyond recognition. plucked out his beard. Pressed a crown of thorns three-inch thorns down into his scalp. They nailed him to a splintery, rough-hewn cross. He hung between heaven and earth, literally asphyxiating, gasping for breath, trying to get breath and couldn't. His disciples, as he predicted, had run in terror and had left him behind. They didn't understand a thing that was going on. It was bad. It was bad on Good Friday. It was dark in the middle of the day. The sun turned dark until it was black as night at high noon. There was a palpable pall over Jerusalem. People who walked out of their houses looked up and saw that where the sun had been shining, it had eclipsed. And it was like midnight in the middle of the day as the Son of God cried out, my God, my God. Why have you forsaken me as he took my sin and your sin on himself? Not certain whether he was yet dead, a soldier thrust a spear into the side of Christ, releasing blood mingled with water. It was bad on that day. They took down the dead body of Jesus, dead as any body had ever been dead. And when they took that body down, To the disciples, their dream had died. They followed him for three and a half years. Their dream had died. To Mary Magdalene, her deliverer had died. To Jesus' mother, her son had died. It was bad, but that was Friday. I said, that was Friday. We all have Fridays in our life. You know what a Friday is? A Friday is when your worst train wrecks happen. A Friday is when it seems like nothing can go right for you. A Friday is when a loved one dies. A Friday is when a spouse walks in and says, I'm walking out and you don't understand why. A Friday is when the doctor looks at you and says, I'm sorry and gives you a bad report. A Friday is when a sin gets the best of you or hope is down for the count. That's Friday. But hallelujah, though it's dark on the inside, God is still shining on the outside. And you know what Jesus shows us? He shows us that even though it's Friday, Sunday is coming. And I want you to catch that now. Even though it's Friday, Sunday is coming. I want you to turn to your neighbor and tell them Sunday is coming. See, the message of Easter is no matter how bad it looks, no matter how dark it is, no matter how grim it seems, Sunday is coming. I came to talk to you today about resurrection. Jesus said to the two sisters, Mary and Martha, at the tomb of their brother, they said, he said to them, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Mary and Martha, I know it's dark. Your brother is dead. I know it looks grim. It couldn't get any worse. He's been down there for four days. But I'm telling you that if you will believe, you will see the glory of God. Sunday is coming. People out there who don't have faith in God don't know this. When Fridays arrive, Fridays stay. But the Bible says concerning the believer, weeping endures for a night, but joy comes in the morning. It may look bad, but joy comes in the morning. With God, joy comes in the morning. Jesus said to them, I am the resurrection and I am the life. He said, now you have said to me, if you'd only been here, my brother wouldn't have died. And then the other one said, and I know someday he'll rise again. But Jesus looked them in the eye and said, you don't get it. I'm telling you, I am the resurrection and the life. Where I am, there is resurrection. I am the resurrection and the life. And though you die, you shall live. Because I'm here for you now. Can I tell you, he's there for you now in your marriage. He's there for you now in your singleness. He's there for you now in your battle with an addiction. He's there for you now in your loneliness. He is here now with resurrection power. And you know what? I'm a word guy. I love words. and I looked up the word resurrection, and it comes from a Greek word. You know what it means? To stand up again. To stand up again. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the stand up again. And if I'm in you, guess what? You're going to stand up again. I hope you came to hear this because I came to preach it. I'm not going to give you three points in a poem. I'm here to tell you Jesus is the resurrection. He can help you in your trouble, help you in your depression, help you in your addiction, help you when there's no way out. He walks in when everybody else walks out, and he stands you on your feet. (laughs) Glory to God. Amen. And that word resurrection, to stand up again, can apply to not just being raised from the dead, which everybody will be. Whether you're lost or saved, you're going to be raised from the dead. You're going to be raised from the dead for either judgment or raised from the dead to walk into your inheritance in Christ. But you're all going to be resurrected someday. But it's not just resurrection from the dead. But it's resurrection from overwhelmingly difficult circumstances. It's resurrection from a real setback. It's resurrection from a failure. It is resurrection God can make you stand up again. I got news for you. When circumstances say it's over, resurrection says not yet. When your enemies say that's it for them, resurrection says not yet. When weariness and disappointment knock the wind out of you, and you say to yourself, perhaps I never will come back, resurrection says, I major in comebacks. You see, the same power that went into that tomb and raised Jesus from the dead, that same power lives in you. That's why when you didn't think you could take another step, You went ahead and ran a mile. That's why when they have said to you, it's over for you, here you are again. Some of you, what are you doing in church? You got beat up last year. You had setbacks last year. You were down for the count last year. But here you are in church again on a Sunday morning with your hands raised saying, He is the resurrection and the life. See, God sends resurrection power to stand us on our feet again, to stand up again. When Jesus rose from the dead, it was the greatest comeback in world history. He triumphed over death. He triumphed over his enemies. He triumphed over the odds makers and the naysayers. Jesus triumphed. And finally, the empty tomb is the ultimate hope. It's the ultimate hope of a better world to come. Can I tell you something about Jesus? He's not a Democrat. He's not a Republican. He's not a Libertarian. He's not a politician at all. He's a king. You don't have to vote for him. You don't get to vote for him. He's going to be the king no matter what you think. He's coming back someday. And I want you to know that it's soon, very soon. Jesus said, when you see all these things happening around you, you better lift up your head, for your redemption draws nigh. The day is going to come when God's going to turn to the Son and say, go get your bride. And the sun's going to turn to the angel and say, blow that trumpet, Gabriel. And Gabriel's going to blow that trumpet. Say, Pastor Jeff, do you really believe that? Ah, if I had been living back in Jesus' day before he was born and have been telling people, I'm expecting a Messiah to come. He's going to be born of a virgin. They'd have told me I was crazy then, but I wouldn't have been crazy then, and I'm not crazy now. Because that trumpet's going to blow and it says the dead in Christ will be resurrected. They will come out of the graves first. And those of us who are alive and worshiping God and walking with him are going to be instantly snatched up into the heavens and so shall we ever be with the Lord. And you ought to be looking for that day. And if you're in a church that says that's not going to happen, run, don't walk out of there. Because he's coming back. And the Bible says that that is our hope. It's the ultimate hope of a better day coming. Terrorism isn't going to win the day. No political party is going to win the day or bring all the answers. It's going to come through Jesus Christ. Hope is when you wake up in the morning excited about your life. Hope is the oxygen necessary for a healthy soul. Hope is one of the fruits that drop off the tree of the resurrection. Hope. Listen to what the Bible says. The Bible says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. No matter what happens around me, I've got hope. I know he's coming back. No matter what I go through, I know the resurrection power of God is within me. And you might be depressed today, oppressed today, discouraged today, down today, disillusioned today. But I want you to know because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future. And life is worth the living just because he lives. Can you stand up with me today? Heavenly Father, I thank you that resurrection power is in this room. And I thank you, Lord, that you're here to set people free. And, Lord, I know marriages are in trouble here and people are battling temptations in which they have fallen, and now they feel like there's no hope. Lord, I thank you that there is hope because you live. And so, Lord, I pray the resurrection power of the Holy Spirit will move in this place. With every head bowed, if you can say, Pastor Jeff, I used to walk with the Lord, but I've gotten away from him. And I don't even know how it happened. It seemed that one day I woke up and I was just kind of away from God. Did you know that he's calling you to himself? He wants to bless you again, wants to minister to you again. You don't need to stay down. You don't need to stay away. What a great Sunday, Easter Sunday, to come back to him and say, Lord, I want to walk with you again. Maybe you've never, ever said, Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Savior and Lord. I'm asking you, Lord, to move and touch me. I want that resurrection power living in me. It can happen to you today. I did it in a juvenile home years and years ago, 38 years ago. But something happened in my heart that night, and it began a lifelong change. And it can happen with you. You can say, Pastor Jeff, I'm in one of those two categories. I used to walk with him, but I've gotten away. Or I need the new birth in my life today. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand right where you are. Don't be afraid of what anybody around you thinks. Slip your hand up. God bless you and you and you.